Hello, cocktail lovers. Welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk, the show brought to you by the 52 Martinis Guide to Paris Cocktail Bars. I'm Forrest Collins, and I'm here to talk to you about the trends and traditions of drinking in France. So this month, we're doing something a little bit different. And um, you know how every month I get very excited because I get great guests on here. And so I always say, I'm super excited to have this guest in the studio today, or, uh, you know, we're really lucky and I can't wait to talk to this person. Well, I'm sort of excited to have this guest in the studio today, but also very weirdly nervous. And I don't really know why. But that's because today's guest is me. And so it's just me in the studio, just me talking to you. And uh, what the reason I'm doing this is because I recently published a book. It's called Drink Like a Local Paris, and it's part of a series of books. There's a drink like a local New York, a drink like a local, I think, New Orleans, Miami, there's London, there's a, there might be a Seattle, there's a few. And um, and so this is, I guess, really exciting news for, for, well, it's very exciting news for me. Hopefully it's interesting for you as well. And since the book came out, I have had many, many questions and really so many friends asking me great questions. Um, and I don't love to talk about myself, but it's just, it makes me feel really good that people are curious about it, curious about the process, curious about what's in it. So I thought for December, we'd talk about what it's like to write a book about drinking in Paris and the process for this particular book and what you might find in here and share some of the cool bars that uh, that are highlighted in the book, uh, a few of the recipes. So buckle in. We're going to talk about Drink Like a Local Paris by Forrest Collins. So again, again, I do feel a little awkward just talking for this whole time and not interviewing somebody else, but hopefully it won't it won't put you to sleep. And, uh, you know, maybe you want to put this on pause and, and make yourself a drink and, and settle in. So one of the most, um, well, first of all, let's talk about what, what the book is. It's Drink Like a Local Paris, and it's a field guide to Paris's best bars. And so 75 different bars are featured in the book. And then there's additional notes on, on other kind of bar crawls that you can do. Um, just different suggestions for maybe if you want to go to student bars or day drinking bars, just other little sidebars for that. And also some of the bars that are featured provided recipes. So there's a, a good 25 or so cocktail recipes in the book. And it's 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 really organized in a nice, nice way by groups of arrondissements. So, and it's quite it's it's small, it's handy. It's uh, this is it, it's the perfect season to say this. It's stocking stuffer size, um, but it's it's really nicely done. So the publishing house, um, which is it's done through Cider Mill Press, um, which is part of the Harper Collins Publishing Company, and they've done a really nice job putting this uh, putting this together. So that's that's the gist of what it is. And I'm looking at the price on it, and I think it's. $16.99 US dollars. And then somebody sent me a link to Amazon where it might even be on, on sale on Amazon already because it looked like it was 14 something euros. Um, so I don't know, which doesn't sound like a very positive thing, but, but I'm just throwing that out there for, for those of you who are cost conscious, like we all are, right? So that's really the gist of it. That's the book. And one of the biggest questions that so many people have asked me was, and I thought about this too, before I was asked, how long did it take? Um, that is an interesting question. 
because of course there's no straightforward answer to this, but my reply is two months full time for the actual writing and organizing and planning for the book. Um, I know this because it took about for each entry in the bars, uh, for each full write-up on the bar, it would take me about two hours to do the write-up and there's 75 of those. So I already know at least 150 hours, but there's a lot of time that went before that, just in, in selecting the bars that, that went into the book and then in organizing them and then trying to just figure out what would be a good breakdown on where to, uh, but you know, uh, how would I break down the Iran response? How would I break down the city? How would I present all of these? So, um, putting those there and then doing, you know, fact checking and double checking addresses and then chasing bars to get recipes and, and all of this. So, you know, I would say about two months full-time work. Um, but of course that doesn't take into account the other, I don't know, 15 years I've been spending researching co cocktail bars in Paris. So I was able to do it in that amount of time because I already had a lot of experience behind me. So I already knew I didn't have to go. This wasn't something, a new, a new topic for me where I had to go and research and find different bars. I already pretty much had in my mind what I was going to use. It did take some time because there were places that I wanted to go back to and I wanted to make sure they were still worthy of being in the book and other places I wanted to check out because this isn't as my wheelhouse is primarily cocktail bars. This is a book that's, you know, a field guide to drinking in Paris, like a local. So it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean cocktail bars. That can also mean beer bars and wine bars and dive bars and hotel bars and what have you. So, so I did get out and do some research on some new places as well, just to make sure that I had the best collection of 75 plus bars that I could present to anybody who wants to drink like a local in Paris. So um, the, the book, a lot of people have been asking me about the illustrations. It's really nicely illustrated. I don't know who the illustrator is. I think they've got somebody in-house working on it, but I'm waiting to hear back from the publishing house. And if I get any additional news on that, I will update in the show notes because, uh, a lot of people have commented on how, how pretty the illustrations are. And I think that was a really nice decision on the publishing house's part because photos can become dated. And granted, sure, content like this can become dated too, but photos can become dated quickly or make it hard to have some kind of coherency between the different series, you know, photos in one city versus photos in another. So anyway, it's got really nice illustrations. I don't know who's done them and I will update when I can. So another really big question I get is, and this is a great question. I love that people want to know, where can I get it? So I don't know all the bookstores that stock it. I do know you can get it on Amazon. I've seen it on Amazon in France and Amazon in the US. And I'll put links to that in, in the show notes. And I know that Penelope over at the Red Wheelbarrow is stocking it. I think she's got maybe 20 copies and I'm going to try to get over there. Well, by the time you hear this, hopefully I will have gotten over there to actually sign them. And uh, I really, really encourage you to support the small bookshops like that too, like um, Red Wheelbarrow, because it's it's a great great bookshop. It's over by the Luxembourg gardens and it's right next door to one of my picks for day. Well, not next door, but a few doors down from one of my picks for day drinking. That's that you'll find in the book. So, so that's where you can find it. And I, if you have questions about those kind of things, you can always just shoot me a message too. Um, a lot of people ask if you make a lot of money with the book. <laughs> um, and I won't go into 
specifics because it is part of a series and I don't want to be saying I'm making more or less um, than the other authors working in, in their cities on the books, but it's not very much. And, um, and there's no royalties on this. So for me, I see it more as a vehicle to really um, you know, sh- shout out some of these small business bars and, and, uh, and also be able to shout out a few independent bookshops. And there's many reasons that you write a book besides, well, for me, that I decided to do this because uh, aside from financial, even though it would be great to get, get rich quick off of it. Um, and, you know, mainly it's just really nice to see the consolidation of your expertise and, and one handy little pocket guide. So, you know, it's, that's been really nice and exciting. Uh, many people have asked how I got the book deal and it was actually, fortunately I'd done some ghostwriting for, for the um for cider mill press before on another book of a similar kind of a similar topic and so they were already familiar with my work which meant when they were ready to take on this uh series they reach out to me so thanks to them thank you guys and uh and so i had this really nice opportunity to do it now that means that the publishing house contacted me directly i didn't go through an agent that maybe i don't you know this is my first book so <laughs> i don't know how detrimental that is or not um, I guess when you're first doing these things, you, you kind of see in hindsight, should I do it that way? Should I? And then I don't know. You, you just do it the way you do it. And that's what I did. And, you know, I really just wanted to just go through this whole process to see what it would like, what it, what it was like to write a book. I mean, it, it's big, it's kind of overwhelming, but it was also really fun and interesting. Um, many people have asked me how I um, pick the bars. And I really wanted for this book, I really wanted, it's not just a straight transcript of all the bars from 52 Martinis or from my um, iOS app, because this is different. I wanted bars that really locals might drink in. I wanted bars that had a really strong story, really strong ties to Paris, to its history. Of course, I wanted bars that were nice to go to, that had good drinks, that that were really bars that you might make a destination uh, I also didn't want to add bars that, you know, a tourist might want to visit because, you know, for example, I didn't add the bar at the top of the Tour Montparnasse where you'll get a beautiful view and an okay drink, but it's um, packed with tourists. And I don't think anybody needs that advice from me. I don't think that that's a secret that you can't find. So really, I just looked for good bars where I felt confident in the quality of the service. There was a real strong story. And also, you know, I had to consider whether or not I think the thought the bar would would st- stick around. So some of the, um, you know, I, I, I just wanted to be certain when I was putting them in that it wasn't kind of a flash in the pan. And, uh, you know, I, I'm really lucky because I'm writing about bars in Paris. So we can go, you know, the, the book includes things that is a like a tiny dive bar that sells Susan Tonic for five euros up to the grandest scale, like Les Ambassadeurs, which is the jaw-droppingly beautiful bar in the really, really historic Creole Hotel. So uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was hard to pare down my list. And I'm just really lucky because it's a list that it's a city that lends itself to being able to really go for a big variety of different types of bars. So there's a little something for everybody in it. People always ask my favorite bar, and I really can't answer that because I think where you want to go drink, it just depends on a lot of things. First of all, it's subjective, your taste, your, you know, your style, but also it just depends on are you going before dinner, after dinner, with friends, with a date, with your mom, with your aunt. And so 
it's just really hard to say this is the one go-to bar. And um, of course, there's there's classics like classic cocktail, really old school classic French places in my book that I love. I love something like, you know, the Cloiserie de Lila. And um, out of these type, that style of places, I picked my the ones that I thought best reflected a sense of history of Paris, but also still had good drinks and good service and, you know, just really were worthwhile to go to. And of course, I mean, you know, since I've been writing about cocktails in, in Paris and, and in France, there's definitely old, old standby classic um, cocktail choices that have been around for a long time now. So you've got things like the experimental and, you know, the caster club and, and um, dirty Dick, little red door th- names that you'll, you'll probably have already heard if you're really keyed into cocktail culture, but also it was great because I got to really um, advocate for some of the smaller, newer bars that weren't part of that original generation. So, you know, there's places I love to go to now, like Fréquence or Classique or House Garden. And, um, you know, that just kind of give off an, a, a different kind of new, fun, fresh vibe and get to talk about those as well. So, and then I also, you know, really love some of the newer wine bars. There's great old wine bars that have been around forever in here. But new things, like I was really excited to go to the Dizuit, the 18 Oberkampf, which is a really fun wine bar. And I suggest if you pick up the book, do look at the cocktail that um, that uh, their caviste, uh, Craig Stevenson, submitted for the book because he, he co-created it with, I think, a neighboring professional. And, uh, and it really kind of blew my mind in terms of uh, cocktails with wine, which I don't think are always successfully pulled off, but this is, it's a really good one. People always also have been asking um, where, you know, what's the the least known, the most secret, the best, the best uh, bar that I can find in your book. And there's, there's quite a few, but there's, there's places like, uh, I really like the Hotel de l'Abbé, um, which is a hotel bar. It's very quiet. It's very mature. They don't really look to get a lot of people. They, they, they're not looking for a lot of street, street traffic and there's a beautiful fireplace and there's an outdoor garden and it just feels like a very nice secret escape. And there's many other in, others in the book, but that's an example. So, you know, when you go into this one, they're not real keen on, on outside traffic. So you just have to walk into the bar as if you, um, you know, as if you, 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 you belong there, you're staying there and, uh, yeah, you'll you'll read about it in the book, you know, kind of how to confidently walk in and where to go. One person um, on Instagram, uh, I'm surprised more people didn't ask this actually. So the one person, the Comte de Saint-Germain uh, from Instagram asked me a question, which was, how do you handle the physical toll of the research? And also they shared a story about them recalling that when Macron was the president now, when he was doing two dinners a night while he was minister and kind of covertly campaigning, um, that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a real, um, a real consideration. And, you know, I don't actually honestly handle the research aspect as well as I used to, because you know, I'm not 20 anymore. So, you know, I'm, I feel more tired. I feel more of a physical toll. So it's something that I need to think about more and get more active about maintaining a really good balance in life. But, you know, there's also, there's things that help. There's the trends and tendencies towards, lower ABV cocktails, which is nice. They're a little bit lower in alcohol. You don't have to do research every night. You don't have to finish every drink. Uh, you do need to make sure that you're, that you are maintaining a good balance and, um, and that you're getting physical exercise and that you're drinking water and, 
And I think that's it. And I think that the bar industry itself has been talking about and thinking about this for a long time, uh, maintaining a physical and mental, the maintenance of physical and mental well-being. So there's a lot of things that you could do. But of course, you know, it is something I think about as I get older and and start to consider sometimes other creative outlets, uh, um, doing different kind of writing. So it's not something I'm going to do anytime soon, but you know, it's obviously something that plays on your mind. Uh, I've had questions around my favorite cocktails in the book and there's, there's several cocktails in the book. I'm not going to name them all, but Cambridge public house has a really fun one, the delicate Nirvana. And, um, it's part of their tiny Bev program. So check that out if you have the book. And I really love, if you were following my Instagram recently, I really love, um, the gang of four, which you'll have seen that I posted up about it's a drink from, um, from Joe of red house and sister midnight. So it's an equal parts cocktail and it's really fun. And, and, you know, he was saying he, he thinks it has the elements to be a modern classic. And I totally, totally agree. So if you have the book or if you feel like it, go dig back in my Instagram and you'll find the recipe for that. Uh, there's people who've been asking if there's books, bars that aren't in the book. And there are definitely bars that aren't in the book. Uh, there is, um, bars that opened after, after I turned in the list, which happened quite early on in the process. So, um, I was just recently at the honeymoon, which is a fun bar that's doing tap cocktails. They're not in it. Uh, Copper Bay Lancaster isn't in it. Um, Cravan, uh, they have a new outpost that's not in it. These are all bars that just opened after. And, you know, that's the nature of printed material like this. And it's part of the reason why I have the app. So I can have a little bit more updated. Now, let's be honest, I don't update it as much as I should, but that's also the nature of free product. So, um, so yeah, I, I, you know, it's easier to update digital content, um, but not as cool as having a physical book. So, so there's definitely bars that aren't in it, but another related question that people want to know is, um, are there bars that you didn't put in on purpose? And they're not asking it because they want to know if I was like not putting it in because it's a bad bar. They want to know if I had any secret bars that I was kind of just keeping for myself. And there were definitely, there's definitely a couple that I thought I, I thought about not putting in the book because I really do just want to keep them for myself and, you know, not encourage more people to go, but I did put them in the book. And my thinking there was, you know, I really did want to share um, my view into Paris, the world of Paris drinks and um, really share some of these places where locals go. And, you know, I'm really lucky to be based in Paris where there's always another secret bar to find. I mean, you know, I have a pretty good, good finger on the pulse for what's happening, but there's always a new place opening. There's always a, an undiscovered hidden gem. So I've got the opportunity to find lots more, um, little secret bars that, that, aren't in the book now, but will become, I'm sure, favorites in the future. Um, there was a lot, of, some questions around, like, how did you organize yourself writing it? And some real specific questions from writer friends of mine on what platform did you use, et cetera. And I wrote most of this in Google Docs, although I'm a big fan of Scrivener for book, writing books. And basically it was a very large table that I that I put together with the list of bars that I'd sent to the publishing house and then started keeping track of what a rondissement each one is in, what kind of bar were they? And so I could just look at a glance at the bars at the types of bars and the locations, and then really try to pull together something coherent in terms of, 
um, how I would organize them by arrondissement. So the book is organized by around groups of arrondissements. So some are standalone, some are, are compiled together. And um, yeah, so it was really just a, a lot of staring and move, shifting things around in a table until I came to what I felt like was a coherent presentation of the, of the um, bars that uh, would be the most useful for people. Some have asked what the biggest challenge was. And I mean, of course the writing was time consuming and, and all of that normal stuff. But for me, the biggest challenge was feeling a really big responsibility to really well represent the, the bars, because I really feel strongly about some, well, all of them in the book, but, you know, and many of them are, are bars that now the owners and the, the people that work there are also the friends. So I want to put them in the best, most genuine light, but also feeling responsibly to the other side as well, which is um, making sure that the people that buy the book, they really, they really enjoy it and they use it because, you know, like I said, bars change so quickly and I just, I want this book to go the distance. I want people to really enjoy it and find it useful. And so I guess just, you know, I guess that's probably the challenge that a lot of people face when they put out a book kind of, I hope it's really good. And I feel really good about my book, but you know, you still like, you just, it's, it's a little bit of a stress. And on the flip side, people have asked about the best part about writing the book. And I know that most people would say, I bet it was the research and what have you. But um, for me, actually the best, some of the best parts were really getting into a great flow when I was doing this overview of looking at all the bars in Paris and the types of bar and the, and the, and the areas. And, and they suddenly just sort of fell into place. I could just find these real natural ways of grouping them. And so getting into the flow. And then also this has to do same thing with the challenge is really getting out, getting, being able to be an advocate for Paris bars and be an advocate for these really fantastic, some of them, so many of them, small businesses. So, so that's been really, um, that's just been really like fun and rewarding for me to be able to shout out so many cool places where I've had so many good experiences and learned so much. So, um, so that's been a really fun part of it as well. And, um, yeah, so I think with that, I think that covers really a lot of the questions that the people had probably more than, than some of you want to know, but, uh, I do feel really happy about the book. So I encourage you to get out there and get out there and buy it. And if you have other questions, don't ever hesitate to, you know, just shoot me a, a message about it. I'm really happy to talk about the process. I know a lot of, a lot of people out there, uh, I know a lot of my contemporaries in Paris are writing books, would like to write books. So I'm always happy to share that. And for the cocktail of the month, there's many cocktails in the book, but I'm going to keep it at one. And I'm going to talk to you about the cocktail from Comba, which is an excellent bar in the 20th. And I highly encourage you to make a visit. And the cocktail that Margot from Comba sent him was the Quatres, the Quatres. And um, it exemplifies the less is more approach at their bar. And it's a few easy to source ingredients. And it really comes together to for a really kind of showstopper of a cocktail. So it is one and two thirds ounce Sue's, two thirds ounce fresh lemon juice, two teaspoons simple syrup, eight dashes of Lafrog whiskey, and two sage leaves. And so you combine all of these ingredients together in a cocktail shaker with ice and you shake it really well for 10 to 15 seconds. And then you double strain into a large rocks glass. 
and I'm assuming that you're double straining over, over an ice cube. I didn't um, specify that in, in the writing. So, you know, this is also a big challenge. As I look back, there's tiny things where I think, oh, I could have done it better. And then you garnish it with a sage leaf. So I encourage you to make that at home or even better, go visit Margot and the team over at Combat because uh, they are they are a great team and just they're just one of many of the really good bars in this book that are turning out fantastic cocktails and bringing something new and uniquely Paris to um, Parisian to the to the cocktail scene. I mean, the cool thing about Combat is it's in an area where there really was no um, there just wasn't a lot of um, cocktail bars. And uh, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's a really interesting area with a, a, like people from all over and and its own unique personality. So. I encourage you to get out there and do a little bit of exploring. And, um, and yeah, I think with that, with that, I am uh, getting close to the end of my half hour, not totally there, but uh, I guess I, I, I'm going to wrap it up anyway. And I'm going to say thank you very much to my listeners for tuning in, downloading. And it's partially thanks to you that, uh, that this book is out because if I didn't have a following and I didn't have a reputation, I wouldn't have been able to put out, well, I wouldn't have been asked to put out drink like a local Paris. So thanks on multiple levels. Thank you to world radio Paris for editing and production. And, uh, as usual, I remind you to drink responsibly and I'll make my also usual plea, which is if you like what you're listening to, if you find Paris cocktail talk useful, uh, jump into iTunes or wherever you get your, wherever you're listening or downloading and leave a comment because I understand it helps people to find it. And, uh, and I think with that, we're going to call it a wrap and I will say until next time, cheers. In the river, darling, I feel your star to shiver by